We were having a conversation two years ago, three years ago, about who profiles to be an elite quarterback in a couple of years. And our choices were James Franklin or Jeremiah Masoli. We would have all said James Franklin. Now, obviously, that's not the case. If the Argos have consistent quarterback play, and again, we're assuming that their defense reverts a little bit back to the mean, closer to their great cup year, now that Corey Chamberlain's back in the business, then I think they push Hamilton for the top of the division. If they don't, if they have mediocre to bad quarterback play, then I think it's Hamilton's division, no questions asked. Welcome to The Waggle, presented by Sport Clips, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Waggle, the CFL's podcast brought to you by Sport Clips, brought to you by myself, Donovan Bennett, by everyone's favorite Canadian lockdown cornerback, Davis Sanchez. Mm. What's going on, Chez? Top of the afternoon to you, DJ. Top of the morning to you uh, is technically still the morning in the East Coast. And also this week, brought to you by the managing editor of CFL Digital. That's a real title, Jeff Creever. What's going on? <laughs> Not much. It's been, it's been a long hiatus for me, but I see one host has changed, but some things haven't. Still Colin <laughs> Davis, the, the lockdown, shutdown <laughs> corner of the, of the podcast. So. That's in his contract, actually. <laughs> The Balski band Creever number from of times. the Balski band Creever from the Waggle, but now that you've you've stepped in, uh, you're you're welcome. But I never Creep, thought of Creep that. Back in. I think that's the common denominator. Yeah, as, right. soon as, <laughs> as soon as Sabolski leaves, I'm, back. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> that's we'll right. I have to have a word with him. Wow. We we brought you back because you've got a lot of fire on the site, so we want to we want to tap into that brain, and we're going to have some too early predictions. For this CFL season, we're, we're going to have a couple. Before I get you to predict what's going to happen throughout the season, and, and Davis will tell you if and why you're wrong, uh, I want you to explain something for our listeners, something we've touched on a little bit in the past. They get the chance to be prognosticators and be experts. Predictthepick.cfl.ca. It's a contest that we've got on the site. You can win a G if you can predict... Uh, the correct draft order and who, who will go where. What's that promotion all about? Yeah, it's a cool grand if you win, but uh, it, it's it's tough to hit every pick on the head. But hey, don't be don't be too intimidated. You hit a few, and and it might be correct on three or four picks. It might be enough to win the contest. So uh, basically, it's we do mock drafts on our site. Uh, Marshall Ferguson, uh, our draft guru, does a mock draft. Um, usually three of them before each draft. He has one more to go this year. And now we're giving fans the opportunity to do their own uh, one-round mock draft, not eight like Marsh does, which is <laughs> insanity. Um, but pick your first eight picks in the draft, eight picks this year, uh, because the Owls are without uh, their first-round pick. And uh, the, where's, the, the, where's their first-round pick go? Uh, for the first overall pick, yeah, the Toronto Argonauts. Oh, where Ooh. does the no? Well, how did they, the pick where, the Owls lost uh, was in the supplemental draft last year. Uh, oh, they used with Tyler, on Johnston. Tyler Johnston. Yeah, ah, so okay. um, they forfeited their first round pick. Yeah, I was in that trying sort to be of bidding process. Straight, yeah, I was trying to be. Process. I was yeah. trying to be. I was trying to be cute there. I was right. trying to be cute there. You're but you do the whole Manziel thing. Yeah, I was. Yeah, but you, you're a step <laughs> ahead of me. You, you're yeah. a step ahead of me. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, it's okay. The the agent of pick number nine uh, <laughs> is having an interesting conversation, being like, "Listen, every other year I'm a first round pick." Want that first round <laughs> right, pick money? Right, right, right. <laughs> Eight picks uh, and a chance to win a thousand dollars. So get on there. 
um, predictthepick.cfl.ca. Um, so much to read, to go off of. These guys have been giving you so much on the waggle the last uh, month or so. Really, we've been going on, on pre-draft conversation and, uh, and on the site, Marshall Ferguson. Uh, is your guy as well? We're gonna we're gonna spice it up a little bit with our predictions, which don't at me. I'm not an expert. I just play one on this podcast. But before we get to that question about predict the pick, and again, it's predictthepick.cfl.ca. So what happens if there's a trade? How's that work? Is it solely well, the order of which players will be chosen? Yeah, it comes down to the order in which players are chosen. Okay. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not going to just switch teams on you, and it, 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 you'll just have to make the change uh, accordingly. And, and fans can log in and change their picks any time leading up to uh, when the actual draft starts. So, if there's a trade a minute before things get kicked off, you might be uh, a little frantic there. But which has happened in the past. But uh, anytime fans want to change their pick, that's fine. Awesome. So you, you don't be afraid to lock in those picks right now because yep. you can change them at any time. And you can also see what the experts, the so-called experts, have picked as well and compare and contrast yours to them, correct? Yeah. So we do have a, an expert pick section uh, on our page. My name's there. I, I've been begging them to take it off because I don't feel... You don't want that smoke? <laughs> don't want that smoke. Um, but, but Donovan, you're on there as well. And, and uh, we've actually reached out to quite a few, quite a few guys from around the league to, to do theirs. And these are the early submissions. We'll still have more uh, coming in. But uh, some big names that cover our league and, and draft insiders. Uh, that So far, it looks like there's no real consensus number one pick. So uh, ha- have fun with that one. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of variety across the board so far from, from our experts uh, and and even from from Marsh on our site, he's changed his first overall picks a couple of times. So um, you really can't you really can't lose, and, and everybody has a chance to win this thing. All right. Well, I'm going to win this thing in terms of what the people think with our way too early predictions. And I'm going to go first. I'm going to get mine out there because I don't want to be be seen as copying yours, Creever, because we we have one that's on a similar topic. I don't know if we have a similar guy. My pick for the person who is going to lead the CFL in passing yards. I'm not talking about rating. I'm not talking about completion percentage. Oh. I'm not talking about touchdowns. I'm talking about yards. Jeremiah Masoli. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. What? I have okay. the exact. That's exactly. The, really? That's the same <laughs> as mine. Oh, well, I guess we're on to something. And here's why. People are like, wait a minute. It. Wait a minute, where's Mike Riley? He's the guy who's going to be in that conversation. Bo Levi Mitchell, <laughs> he reads high-low. He's looking to go down the field with the ball. Trevor Harris going to Edmonton with a, with a quarterback as a head coach. They're going to spray the ball over the field. Riley and Harris are somewhat new offenses, new teammates. So I, I'm taking that into consideration. Bo Levi Mitchell has lost a lot of talent. And so I think there's going to be a little bit of a growing period there. Jeremiah Masoli in the same offense with a play caller who's now only calling offensive plays and scheming. He's a guy who's not looking over his shoulder to start the year on what is Money Manziel doing. This is solely his job. He earned his money last year. And he played uh, 17 games last year, a a game less than Riley, a game less than Bolivar Mitchell, and still finished second in passing yards to Riley was was just under three or just over 300 behind Riley. Uh, I think, again, with continuity on that offense and with more health at the receiver position, 
than he than he had a year ago because their receivers are, were banged up. I think Jeremiah Masoli is going to be that dude, and he's going to be leading the CFL in passing. I, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, well, kind of with me, kind of with you, kind of with you. There can only be one. <laughs> so unless you're saying so you he's going to tie somebody okay. else, I'm well, either wrong or right, Trevor. All right. Well, I, I think you're wrong, okay. but <laughs> but I mean, I, I can do some lip service there. I, I think I I love that offense. That offense is a quarterback's dream, and mm-hmm. those receivers are just stacked. The Tigers have the best receivers in the CFL. I, I could say that with confidence. Uh, and that June Jones offense is just clicking at an incredible rate last year. Uh, another year to build on that. Love what Mazzoli's done. Um, I, I would take him as my fantasy MVP this year. Uh, the way he's going to run the ball, I think that's really big. The guy I think is going to lead the CFL in passing yards this year. I'm, I'm jumping into my way too early prediction here. I think it's Bo Levi Mitchell. In fact, I, I think Bo has a real opportunity to go over 6K this year, something we haven't seen since Anthony Calvillo did it uh, back in, I, I believe it was 2004. Over, over 6K. 6K. It hasn't happened. It's only happened a handful of times in our league. He had, so he had, so we know what we're talking about. He had 5,124 yards a year ago. So you think that he's going to add another 50 yards per game-ish? Yeah, I think things are going to be different in Calgary this year. I think that defense isn't going to be what it's been in the past. They're going to have to throw a lot more. We've, we've seen the boat two years ago. We saw an injured Bo Levi Mitchell with the shoulder problems, and he wasn't going down the field. I think last year we saw glimpses of what Bo Levi Mitchell uh, can do when he's, when he's aggressive, when he's attacking vertically. And I'm not worried about the losses they've had at receiver because I, I think Eric Rogers, if, if he's a little healthier than he was last year, Reggie Bagleton, that guy's a stud. That guy's amazing. Uh, he gets separation. Uh, the yards after the catch are going to be there. Amazing athlete with the ball in his hands. Um, Mar- Markeith Ambles, we saw him break out. They have good receivers. they got to stay healthy this year. They have a really good O-line. Uh, they can run the ball when they need to. But in, in the past, with the Stamps, it's always been ball control. It's always been... Lean on that dominant Devon Claybrooks defense and grind out a game, win the game, and, and play it simple. And I think this year there have been a lot of changes. They've lost what, two-thirds of their defense. I think they're going to have to air it out a little bit more this year. And before Davis weighs in, here's why you're wrong. Because it's not just about talent alone. It's not just about opportunity alone or receiving core alone. It's about competition. Who are you playing against? And for me... Arguably the top three, maybe even four out of the top five or six defenses are in the West. So Jeremiah Masoli is going to eat on Montreal. Corey Chamberlain is going to make that Argos defense better, but it's going to be better as in respectable, not elite. The best defense in the East is one that Jeremiah Masoli is going to face in practice. And so the fact that two-thirds of his games are going to be against defenses that are the bottom third of the league... I, 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 I again think Masoli is going to have a, a huge, huge season. Uh, Davis? Yeah, I'm, I'll make it quick. You, I'm with you on – I had the same thing. I, I, I think Jeremiah Masoli leads the league in passing. To add to that, they'll have – he will have four receivers go over 1,000 yards. Woo! And that's going to be okay. Brandon Banks, Luke Tasker, Jalen Saunders. Yep. He comes back healthy. He'll go over 1,000. I think Mike Jones, the big play deep ball guy, he can, he can go over 1,000 as well. Who? Mike Jones, nice. The sitch with the sitch with with June Jones now not being the head coach, uh, he's now got a lot of free time, and so he's 
when he's looking at the playbook, he's going to free his mind. And I think he's going to splash the ball all over the field. You're going to see an offense that's really exciting to watch just because of uh, he's going to be creative, obviously. He's already creative, but now with all this free time. So they go, you guys have beat it, beat it down. They're going to, this offense will uh, lead the league in passing and have four guys go over a rack. Braylon, Braylon Addison, too. Don't forget about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Came on him. at the end yeah. of last so year. So I would actually probably say, say Addison instead of Jones. Uh, yeah, have, have Saunders, Tasker, Banks, and Addison. Yeah, they can't have five guys over a thousand. They'll have four. <laughs> Jim Jones' offense is a quarterback stream, and especially when you have the amount of playmakers that they have at their wide receiver position, you better get a full night's sleep if you're the opposing safety when you're playing that offense this year. Because what I love about their offense is you're always right. When we're going to make the safety declare early and make a decision, and then we're just going to play off of him. So that offense is so multiple that as a quarterback, you go to the line of scrimmage confident knowing. I'm letting the defense declare what they want to do pre-snap, and then I've got great options uh, away from that safety in, in spraying the ball downfield. Okay. The only thing I'll come back at you with, I, I think you're overhyping those defenses in the West a little bit. Really? I think you are, yeah. A little bit. So, well, Just well, a little bit. Well, well, let's go through let's it. Let's go through it. Who's the, who's the best defense in the West? Best defense in the West. I mean, it, you had to go with Calgary last year. Well, obviously, it's not, last not year. throwing against his own defense, see, but still. See, this this there. brings us, and it's, this is a great segue, uh, because this will bring me, anyways, to my second bold prediction. I'm going to get mine off the board early, because I think the best defense in the West is going to be the Edmonton Eskimos. Wow. I think the, That's the, bold. I think the additions in terms of fortifying their linebacker, Corpse. I mean, I know obviously they, they lose Sherrod, who's retired, but he wasn't an impact player at, at that point. Um, Larry Dean coming in, Unamba. Um, you, you look at the fact that um, they've, they've, they've got a, an all-star in a, in a guy like Anthony Orange uh, to take care of the back end. Uh, th- their defense, I think, played worse than they really were last year. Now with what they've done in free agency, uh, a, a guy like Michael Brooks... There's a lot of talent when you're looking at their their secondary and their linebacking core. I think the Eskimos, uh, and again, you know, Javon Santos Knox for coming over from the Blue Bombers. I think they take that title as the best defense, not only in that province but in the division because Calgary. This is now two years where they've lost a lot of uh, defensive talent. So theoretically, when we're talking about the best defense in the CFL, we just said Calgary and we moved on. They lose their coordinator. They they lost a lot of impact guys. Um, They're gonna have, Calgary will have as many as seven new, seven or eight new guys either starting or that that were ro- heavy rotation yeah. guys on their defense. So, to your point, when you look at when I look at this roster, I have the Eskimos depth chart pulled up. When you first said that, I kind of I know they made some splash signings on defense, but when you said they'll be the best defense, I I kind of shook my head for a minute. And then when I pull up this, as I pull up this. Defense in this depth chart, I mean, it's tough to argue. They're, they're pretty good. They're pretty good all the way. I, have, I would have a little bit of question in the back end because you lose, you lose a couple guys. Um, Mercy Maston has gone to the NFL with the Eagles, and then Chris Edwards going over to BC. So that, those are the questions. But like you say, you pick up Anthony Orange. That's one spot solidified. But Grimes leave too. Did Aaron yeah, Grimes go? Grimes is gone too. So yeah, yeah. that's I think he's kind of important. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a pretty good player. Yeah, but that's to your point, DJ. They went and signed some guys. So that's a 
that's a a way too early prediction, as the segment as the segment says. But I I can't uh, I can't say we're throwing some things and hope they against the wall and seeing if they stick. I don't think you're you're, you're too far off on this. But Creever, you think I'm overhyping the defenses in the West, and if we, we talk about that Edmonton group, whether or not they're their best, I think we all agree they're going to be elite. Claybrooks, I think, makes BC's defense better automatically, plus what they did in free agency. We'll see what the Riders' defense is like, but again, they were players in free agency. They they lose Chris Jones, obviously, so we'll see what that transformation is, but I still think they're going to be upper echelon. And then I think Calgary is, is the question mark. Will they still be able to replenish the way that they have in the past and, and be able to find stars via free agent camps? I think there are three decent defenses. Are you arguing that the East defenses are, are no, as good better. as the West I'm right I'm not going to say as good or better, okay. but I don't see two teams because there were two defenses that were way above the rest last year, right? Sask and Calgary just had... The, they were well ahead of everyone else in pretty much every statistical indicator. And both those defenses have major question marks now, right? As you as you just touched on, um, with the Riders losing Chris Jones, um, Willie Jefferson out, Micah Johnson in, that, that's obviously, it's not a huge difference there. You're, you're going from one elite playmaker on defense to another, but how, how do they make that transition to Chris Jones, right? In BC, Devon Claybrooks, he's a proven coordinator, but this is his first time being a head coach. Mm-hmm. So how's he going to handle all of those duties, right? You never know until you see it. Assume he'll be a good head coach, but um, the verdict's out and what he's going to do with that defense. I, I mean, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with the defenses in the West. I'm not saying they're bad, but I just don't know if you're going to see any one defense come in there and be terrifying this year where you say, I'm scared to go into Mosaic and play the Riders' defense. Sask's back end is damn good. Yeah. I mean they have they, they return athletes, right? they they're, return and they're a year a year older. Yeah. I mean Nick Marshall's now in his second year. Purifoy's there for his second year in that system, which will be the same system. Chris Jones is gone, but Jason Shivers will run the same system. What do you think of Shivers? I love I love yeah. Shivers. Yeah, I think he'll be great. And anything you anytime you ask about Jason Shivers to either the guys that play for him or even Chris Jones, I've talked to Chris Jones about Shivers and uh, nothing but positivity. I mean, obviously, if he got the job uh, and they promote from within, obviously he has the respect of of the guys in the room and people like him. I mean, just to your point about Clay Brooks being a first time head coach, do we expect him to do well? Yes, uh, he wouldn't have got the job if uh, he wasn't projected to be a good head coach. We'll see how that works out. And the same thing with uh, Jason Shivers; he wouldn't have been given that job unless he. Unless he had shown everything that uh, you know tells Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson that he's that guy, but this, I mean, I'm looking at their, I look at their their front four: uh, Micah Johnson, now Zach Evans, Charleston Hughes, and AC Leonard. Just, I mean, look at them, and then that back end. It's that's a that's a really good group, and so I, I, if you were talking about the best defenses in the in the league, you got You got to look at Sask once again as as being up there. I hear what you're saying about. Um, may not be necessarily as afraid to go into Mosaic. You're, there's no building where you're super scared to go into defensively in the West. But I think on the flip side, you are excited to go into buildings in the East <laughs> defensively. That's true. And, and I, as much as we talked about all of the talent in the West and you know some teams have some question marks and they lost guys, a lot of that talent moved from one West team to another. There wasn't a lot of talent, whether it's, it's players or even coaches that came from the West 
and went to the East to help kind of fortify the situation. You had coaching talent go from the West and in, 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 to the East in terms of some defensive coaches in Hamilton, but that's pretty much it. But but we've 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 explored that, and w- and we will see. W- what's the uh, other way too early prediction you got, Creever? Uh, I'm not really going off. Uh, on a limb on this one but I think the East division standings look look pretty clear to me right now going into this year I think you got to say Hamilton's a heavy favorite I think that this is the year that an East division team probably breaks there's that, no way breaks that 12 there's win no mark. way that Hamilton's the favorite in the East Davis get out of here oh so you you, yeah. you weren't even I know not not, bite, no. you weren't even biting on that one eh? <laughs> I'm not I, I understand I'm not going out on a limb here and I think the second playoff team in the East is is uh Toronto, but for me, the only the only big question in the East right now uh, is going to be whether Hamilton can can become that dominant team that the East Division hasn't really had since the Montreal Alouettes were great, uh, and I think the talent is there for them to do it. And I don't know what the ceiling is there, but I, I Hamilton should win 12, 13 plus games this year. There's no real excuse not to, and uh, they, the the should take that division by storm. They've got an edge in every in every aspect of of the game. I do agree that Hamilton, we, we just have, they're a known quantity. We have less questions about them than most teams in the league and certainly everybody in the East. To me, whether or not they run away with the East or just win it comfortably has less to do with them and more to do with Toronto and really more to do with James Franklin. Yeah. If James Franklin is the guy that the Argos think that they had, then maybe they make it interesting. Maybe they make it close. Because if we were having a conversation two years ago, three years ago, about who profiles to be an elite quarterback, someone who could you know, be a nominee for most outstanding player in a couple of years, and our choices were James Franklin or Jeremiah Masoli, we would have all said James Franklin. Now, obviously, that's going into the season. That's not the case. If the Argos have consistent quarterback play, and again, we're assuming that their defense reverts a little bit back to the mean and closer to their great cup year now that Corey Chamberlain's back in the business, then I think they push Hamilton for the top of the division. If they don't, if they have mediocre to bad quarterback play, then I think it's Hamilton's division, no questions asked. So it, to me, it's the difference between Hamilton sweeping this, this season series against the Argos or maybe getting a little bit of a push from them uh, if Franklin can be the answer at, at quarterback. I think it's going to be interesting with the Argos for sure. And I, and I agree on all counts there. I mean, the, the difference with Franklin is going to be, is their defense going to be good enough for them to not play from behind most games, which is what we saw a lot of times last year. And that put a lot of pressure on James Franklin. That put a lot of pressure on a first-time starting quarterback. Uh, and whether you believe in that system or not, it seemed like Franklin wasn't a fit with, with what Tressman wanted to do. It seemed like he wasn't comfortable with that uh, if the Argos are playing with leads if, if they're playing in close games and, and he can run the ball he can throw it deep uh, I think you are going to see a, a different James Franklin this year and, and a bit of a different Argos offense he's got some comfort there with Darrell Walker uh, who should be I think we all expect to be near the top of the the league in receiving yards this year it's going to be interesting I don't think they're ready to push the Ticats for that top spot their defense will be key to that quarterback play but the quarterback's best friends to me, a young quarterbacks, are defense and kicking game. And how many times did they leave 
points on the field because they missed kicks that should have been made. How many times late in games did they not attempt kicks because they had no confidence in, in their kicking game or they did attempt them and they missed them? There's a lot of close games, especially early in the season, that they lost because they didn't get their kicking game right. And really, last season for the Argos was a referendum on why Liram Hiralahu deserves the amount of money he's being paid because it was a big difference when he wasn't in that building anymore. My take, way too early prediction. Deron Carter, this is his last year in the Canadian Football League. Oh. This is Deron Carter's last year in the Canadian Football League. He is going to hang up his cleats, hang up his gloves after this season is over, after winning a great cup with the BC Lions and become a Grammy-nominated <laughs> rapper. <laughs> I, uh, there's many ways you could have gone with that. He was going to be out of football all together because it didn't go well. He's going to play so well. He's going to get back into the NFL potentially. But I, I, Grammy Award nominated or winning? Nominated with, oh, his so hit, with his hit single, Mike Riley. That's the hit single oh, from, his, okay. from his new album. Let's, let, let me give you a little taste of it. I'm not going to rap it because I'm not a rapper. But one, of the, one of the verses says... I've been blowing up now. I'm with Mike Riley. All he got to do is throw it up. Get you burned once, get you burned twice. That's by Burnham. RIP to your DC. The defense getting murked. Woohoo! RIP to your DC. He's saying he's getting all defensive coordinators fired. Throw it up once, throw it up twice. Him and Burnham. That's, I mean, those lyrics right there, he's spitting hot fire. This is his last season in the CFL. He's going on to bigger and better things. I, I mean, the way you're talking, it's almost as if he should play a game on a Thursday night, then come out at halftime and do one of the Thursday night football concert series because he is going to be the CFL performer, basically. He's going to be both on and off the field spitting hot fire is what you're saying. Halftime during ah. games. I know you're on TV at this time. Thursday ah. at halftime. There's a, there's right? A, Whether there's it's a performer. It's Cardinal Fischel, Jazz Cartier. Well, I know there was last year. Are you tell, are you telling me this, I think that's plan. I think that's in the plans, yeah. Well, I mean... Their mind's brighter than me working on that, but I... Is there is there the is there a mind brighter than you in this there office? There are a few. Are there a couple? Yeah, yeah. just a I couple. Name, I won't name them. <laughs> I mean, there's this is obviously what we're doing here is throwing out, um, you know, a, a few things that some possibilities. Creve Creve threw out the the game breaking the game breaking uh, stat uh, the game breaking uh, assessment that Hamilton's going to win the East. Think in Vegas right now. You yeah, can, I'm not. I'm not feeling. Uh, I'm not feeling great about that one now. I just took the easy path. I <laughs> no, well, you, you see, no, you prefaced it. You said it. <laughs> you, you see, prefaced it by by saying it's pretty obvious. I think right now. What would, how about this? Vegas odds right now. Would you pay ten to one that Hamilton wins the East? Would you put up? Would you put up a thousand dollars to win a hundred dollars that Hamilton? Did wins you hear the, about the Hamilton guy wins that the East? Bet, like? Ten, uh, no, it was like a hundred grand or something to win five hundred dollars. Was it a hundred grand oh, to win five hundred dollars on the on the Milwaukee Bucks winning their their first round wow. series? That's so he he just collected his uh, his five hundred his five hundred bucks. That's a bit aggressive. <laughs> Ten to one. So how about this? If Vegas offered you right now, you could put up put up a thousand bucks, and for them to win, uh, you win a, you win a hundred. Is it that is it that much of a lock? Hell no. Hamilton wins the East. Hell no. No. What is it? Five to, five to one. An offensive lineman could fall back into Jeremiah Masoli. Snap one of training. Dane camp. Evans. They you just don't extended trust Dane him. Evans? Not that much. <laughs> not, not, not with ten G's. I don't. 
I mean, it could be a, it could be a hundred bucks to ten bucks. I was just using that as a as a number. It could be a hundred dollars to win ten dollars. I don't need an extra ten bucks that much. That's yeah, I don't. What, like that's it. why I made it a thousand. It's too much. Yeah, okay. I don't like it. But they are favorites. Yeah, major, major favorites. It's too it's too unpredictable in this league, right? We've all seen it. Okay. If Deron Carter ends up catching TDs from Mike Riley and spitting some rap songs about Mike Riley, I don't know if he's going to be Grammy nominated. Uh, maybe Juno's, but I don't know about Grammys. Not Canadian, dude. But what? But he's making he's he's making his music in Canada. I do know though that while in Canada, if, if he is nominated and he's going to the awards. He's going to go to Sport Clips. He's going to get a precision haircut. He's going to get a hot steam towel. Probably going to go to CFL.ca slash the waggle to figure out where Sport Clips is near his crib. Maybe he's going to get that MVP experience on us for free because he would be a first-time customer. I think he's going to go watch all the sports that he can while getting his hair taken care of. Maybe get those dreads taken care of, get clean shaven on the side. That is, my, that is my prediction, that if he's Grammy-nominated, he's going to get a cut at Sport Clips. All right, let me say this on another note. That's a breath of fresh air. Like, Duran, Duran is, as much as there's things that I don't agree with what he says, and I'm certain that he'll continue to say stuff that I don't agree with, and... Certainly, there's stuff that I say he does, he doesn't agree with, but this is a he, backhanded compliment I've ever is, heard. Once. No, no, <laughs> he is. I I feel like we're we're fortunate to have somebody in the league that is individual enough to to step out and, and give his thoughts and opinions and 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 you know what he's he's thoughtful about it. Like he does he does say some off the wall things, but there's also things that he he says that are. That he's he's put time and and he thinks about it and I, I enjoy it and I appreciate it. There's like I've I have been, you know, I have been a detractor of, of some of the things that he said, especially early in the Montreal days, uh, with accountability and things that I thought necessarily he wasn't necessarily taking the accountability he should have been. I have always loved his talent, but I've recently I've sat back and I've appreciated. Uh, his enter- his entertainment, what he brings to the league in regards to for us as media, his interaction with the fans, it's entertaining and it's uh, it's refreshing, and I, I I actually I actually appreciate it. He's fun. He's the most entertaining player I think you can say by far in the CFL. Well, I, I'm going to give you a, a bonus one as we wrap. I'm going to give you another way too early prediction. The leading uh, receiver in terms of touchdowns, not yards, right? I'm just talking about people who, who strike up the band, light up the scoreboard, will be Deron Carter. This is a guy who I think is going to be a lot more comfortable in, in BC, both on and off the field. He's a guy who never really has had consistent quarterback play in his career. Now he's going to play with arguably the best quarterback in the league, a quarterback specifically that will throw it up and allow his receivers to make a play when covered. I think Deron Carter is going to have a monster year. And is he going to lead in receptions? No. Is he going to lead in yards? No. I think his game doesn't necessarily have the attention to detail to do those things. But solely on touchdowns, I think he's going to have a monster year and he could lead the league in touchdowns after being a role player for the last year and a half. 
I feel, I feel like it's one of those things where it's either going to go amazing for him or it's just <laughs> going to blow up. There's never an in-between with this guy. But I, I'm with you. How can you not love what this, what, what, what John Carter's got right now in BC? And, and I remember a game, it was two years ago, uh, a game in October when they, when they played uh, in Regina, uh, a primetime game against Ottawa, and Kevin Glenn was just feeding him the ball. Uh, it seemed like every single play. He was double-digit catches, 200 yards, and uh, Ottawa ended up winning the game on a late touchdown. But Deron Carter was just that dominant player that even when you're double-covering him, you can't stop him. And Mike Riley's not afraid to force-feed a guy and get him the ball when he's hot. And I think I think you're onto something there. I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Brandon Zilstra, 2017. Duke Williams last year. Darrell Walker, whenever he was here in the league. Mike Riley feels no two ways about force-feeding a receiver the ball, whether they're covered or not. And Dron Carter's a guy where if he's even, he's leaving. Mm. So I, I, I expect big things from him in BC. No doubt cannot be stopped. What's that? CFL.ca's Jeff Creaver from <laughs> from dropping consistent content all day yes, and sir. day. Much appreciate you, Creaver, for, for sitting in with us, buddy. Thanks for having and, me, guys. Uh, Loved yes. it. Love the bold predictions. He before, does. He does from, drop a bunch especially of, from DJs. Uh, no, no holding back. But before we let you go, uh, Creaver, what is coming up on the site? What can we expect uh, in the next coming days and weeks? Uh, a lot of draft content. Uh, we're gearing up for that big number one overall pick, whoever that ends up being. And uh, look out for Marsh's, Marsh, Marshall Ferguson. Uh, his final mock draft uh, will be will be coming soon. Um, well, we've got He's the, got, we've in got his got final the... mock draft, Marshall <laughs> has 10 McMaster players in the first round alone. He, he was right about Peterman. I like that kid. He looks good. He hyped him up last year. Yeah. Peterman with the Bombers. Um, We've got uh, we're into prospect profiles right now, so some great video stuff coming from our from our uh, video department, and then we'll have uh, we'll have the grind coming up after that. So it's it's going to be a, a busy couple of months leading into camp. Awesome, looking forward to it. You heard where you can get all your CFL content coming up. Thank you for consuming this CFL content. This has been the Waggle, brought to you by Sport Clips. Make sure you like, favorite, subscribe, share, spread the word. Cheers.